So CPF investing is a very hot topic today on both sides. On one side, people think like 2.5% is not enough. You should invest your CPF money so that you can get more returns and compound that for the long term when you retire down, down the road. But then there's also the other side that is saying like, you know, a lot of people that are investing their CPF through the CPF IS system have not been performing. So CPF has released their own report and all that stuff, right? So both sides are talking about it. There's all the content, all all the different angles out there and we are jumping into it. Finally, we're going to start discussing about CPF and CPF investment. We're going to start with the side of why you should invest your CPF money. And down the road, we'll welcome the other side of the discussion and you can make your own informed decision as to whether you want to invest your CPF money and how do you want to go about doing it. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. So welcome to another Chills with TFC session. In this series, we have to bring on interesting, relevant people to help us learn better from various perspectives. Life is not always about learning from people that you already agree with. Perspectives shape around the thinker. So in our pursuit of the life we love or managing our finances, well, our guests today have built their business around CPF investing. I would say they're pretty synonymous with it now. Okay, they don't just do that, but they are very famous with it. I'm sure you've seen that ad. CPF? CPF <laughs> I always joke about this with them But the idea is They have built along this path of CPF investment scheme To build low-cost index funds Okay, today uh, They are the sole provider of low-cost index funds Through the CPF IS system They've also built retirement calculator So CPF retirement calculator That fully embodies the whole process From your 55 to your 65 You can draw down CPF line, accumulation, whatever you So they have built a model to envision How much you actually need for CPF So I think by now you know who I'm talking about CPF, CPF so I'm very happy to welcome CIO Samuel Rhee and Personal Finance Lead Shengxi of Endow Us. So I know you guys um, are off to, off to a good start, right? You've gotten like your cross your 1 billion and all that jazz, yep. AUM, right? And you're rolling out a lot of stuff and that's why we're here today. Okay. You know, but I think to, to kind of roll it out and just kind of get started, uh, mm -hmm. maybe just share with us a little bit why should we invest CPF, right? Because recently there's been a lot of discussion whether is it yeah. on papers or whether is it online and what have you that you know people that invest cpf they don't really perform that mm. way right but okay. you guys are like champions for like you know you must invest yeah. in cpf you build portfolios <laughs> around it right so why why invest cpf okay so there's a there's a whole like complicated story around cpf i'll just boil it down to the most important piece which is returns okay and you highlighted the returns of people who invest their CPF versus those who keep it in CPF and don't do anything with it. So we all know that CPF, the ordinary account, gives you 2.5%, the bulk of it. And as time goes by, more of it piles into that part. And then there's a special account which gives you 4%. Now, let's look at those numbers and what they mean. 2.5% is barely above the rise in the cost of living that we have, right? Purchasing power, we call this. And so, you know, official inflation rates are about 1.7% historically, but you and I, we all know that the cost of living is rising much faster than 1.7%, honestly, right? So if, if it's 2.5%, your cost of living is, you know, increasing at that rate, you set aside $10,000 now, every year that time passes, you're gonna still be left with $10,000. There's no return. There's no real return in that money, right? And people compare that 2.5% and say, hey, but it's risk-free, it's guaranteed. And you compare that to fixed deposits, you get so much more. But fixed deposits, what are they? They give you less than 1% and it's below inflation, which means that it's a negative return, mm. right? So why would you invest in anything that is negative? And why would you compare your returns to a negative return, right? So it doesn't make any sense. 
you should compare that 2.5% versus what you can get if you invest well and invest in the long term. Financial markets historically have given you 7% plus minus 1-2%, right? Anything is better than 2.5%. Now, that's where it comes from. You need to use that OA money to work harder for you. Don't compare to fixed deposits because this is not a one-year lockup. This is a 30-year lockup, a 50-year lockup, or it can be even longer. And if you invest that long in a monthly contribution scenario, the chances of you succeeding in investing in financial markets rises a lot. What's holding us back is actually the lack of access to great products. It's the huge cost of investing traditionally, and it's that we don't get good advice about it. So where do people invest? So that return number, you know, that it doesn't, people don't get 2.5%, most of them underperform, it's because people put it into insurance-linked products. <laughs> Or they bought Singtel during IPO and it hasn't done well in the past one year. Mm. So because it was a one-year performance ending, when was it? Ending March or September, whatever it was. It was an old number and it was included the COVID crisis. So basically what I'm saying is that you can do much, much better with your OA. SA is very different and we'll go into that, I think, in much detail later. Um, and SA 4% risk-free is actually a decent number. Mm. Shots fired. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> Bazooka's coming later. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I totally get the part about yeah. how they don't have access to good <clears throat> products. Okay, mm -hmm. we, okay, I shouldn't price myself out of this. We don't have access to very good products in the past. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of details in terms of, you know, you can only put like how many percent yeah. here, you can only do how many percent oh, there. Man, it's right? So it's like, it's so complicated, really. Like yeah. the, the man on the street just wants to. Live alive and, and, you know, just at the end of the day, have sufficient for pension, yeah. you know, and, and retirement and, and, and all that, right? Oh, so, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, but I know you guys... We are, feel the same. Yeah, yeah, I, that's great. Yeah, <laughs> we feel a, the same and that's why we created in Dallas. Yes, yes, <laughs> right? it's a great, great place to start, yeah. right? So, but then based on the survey, you know, like as an extension of the discussion, uh, there's a YouGov survey, right, mm -hmm. that, that just came out and... It shows that people are not really that confident mm -hmm. about CPF going to the future, you know, and it may be mm -hmm. because of complexity, it may be because of, of whatever you, right? So it's not giving them that assurance that, hey, you know, I just ride on this thing and mm -hmm. I will be able to retire and all that jazz, right? So yeah. what are your thoughts, like, based on what, what has happened? Yeah, I mean, change should jump in, but mm -hmm. I mean, basically, I think it really is very complicated. Even for a financial profession, and I've been in finance 27 years, I mean, I've done everything, but I realized that it's actually really, really complicated, even for a financial professional. Comprehensive and complicated. Comprehensive. Com comprehensive. It's actually because it's comprehensive, it's complicated. Yeah, exactly. So because it's, it's a good thing, but you know, but with caveats, right? Yeah. It's, it's comprehensive because it's not just a pension plan. Like many national pension schemes in other countries, it's just a pension plan. They have a separate medical plan. They have a separate, you know, all this other stuff. But CPF is a total social security system. So it includes everything in it. it includes, you know, retirement, medical, education, housing. So it includes everything that most systems in other countries don't have. But that's why it's actually a good system because it has flexibility. And the most important thing about CPF, I realize more as time goes by, is the flexibility is amazing. And there's so much you can do to enhance your returns and achieve better outcomes for yourself and your loved ones because of that flexibility, right? Yeah. yeah. So I think, you know, <clears throat> Sam mentioned about the flexibility of CPF um, and how it's very um, comprehensive and complicated, right? So what happens is that if you have finesse in how managing your finances, finesse, finesse right? <laughs> you, know, you know all the tricks. You gotta finesse the system. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> If you, have, if you know the hacks, if you know how to navigate around all the, yeah. you know, transfers, the tech hack, tax hacks and whatever, then you'll do a fantastic job with it, right? Because there's so many great things about it, right? The higher interest rate, the tax reliefs, um, you know, the, the, the opportunity to invest. Um, so that's a lot of things that you can do with CPF. And I think CPF has done a very great job um, educating people about 
you know, what broadly C uh, CPF can be used for, right? Mm -hmm. So our survey shown that, you know, 90 plus percent of people are, are aware that you can use it for retirement, healthcare, housing, wh whatever, right? So CPF has a huge marketing budget. And I think they used it mm. well. Yeah, they should use it on us too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They probably can. Yeah. They should invite them, yeah. yeah Do yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're talking to them, so yes, yes. CPM, right? Shout out. Which yeah, camera? Shout out. Which camera? Yeah. <laughs> everywhere. Yeah, yeah Covers everything. Yeah, just come, right? Yeah. Come on, come on our show. Yes, yes. Yeah. Continue, continue. Yeah, so 90 plus percent are aware of how to use it, mm. but only 50 plus percent actually actively plan to use it or are using it for retirement mm. uh, or for, you know, um, housing or medical, right? So I, I think people know what's going on, but they are not very sure how it um, sort of melts into their uh, financial plans, right? So they, they're probably not so willing to use it because, again, like what Sam yeah. say, they love the high interest rate, but, you know, they don't have a plan to, you know, decumulate from CPF. Mm. And that becomes a problem because, you know, it gives you the anxiety around, uh, you know, how am I going to, manage my finances, you know, if my, my cash money mm. is going to go to my kids' tuition, it's going into housing, then, you know, there's a big pool of money that I somehow don't know how to access, right? Mm. So it becomes a, a very big cause of uh, concern for retirement, especially. Yeah, you, you, you said this word decumulate. Mm. What, what is that? You know, basically to draw down or withdraw from CPF. Okay. Yeah. So you think Singaporeans can save a lot on CPF, but they don't know how to use it. Is that, is that what, I'm, what I'm hearing? Yeah, so, I mean, even an uh, ex-manpower uh, minister, you know, Mr. Lim Sui Se actually said this thing, right? So every month when he received paper statements from CPF, um, back, back in the days, right, he says that he feels very rich, right? So he, he actually <laughs> said that. It's a, a quite, it's quite interesting comment, but it's actually true, right? So many of us uh, sort of like accumulate of mon a lot of money in CPF, we don't know how to use it. And, mm. you know, when we look at our CPF balances, we feel we are very rich. But in the end, we don't know how best to use it. So that's an issue that I think yeah. can only be uh, addressed if people have finesse in how they you know, manage their CPF. But I think we're using a lot of generalizations because it's very difficult. Because CPF, there are people like, you know, they're going to have a lot more piled up, right? And people, white-collar professionals who are in a well-paying job are going to have a lot saved up. But there's a lot of Singaporeans who are not going to have as much. Right, especially if they use their away for their housing, um, etc. So it's a wide spectrum because a, a CPF is for everybody, and so you know everybody has a different um, situation that they're in and different use for CPF, and that's where the flexibility comes in, because no matter where you sit and how much money you have, you can use a CPF to your benefit. And so I think it's worth people spending time. And previously, it was convoluted, it was complex, we didn't have as much information, you know, we didn't know how to use it, and you know, many people had mistrust in the system as well. But I think now, like wonderful financial bloggers, like Reggie here, um, other great guys uh, also out there somewhere, uh, but somewhere. you know, CPF board has also done a lot more. I think they've improved is what I would say. They've improved a lot. Mm. Uh, from where they used to be. And so I think with all those resources out there, people can, you know, self-teach themselves, learn from others, you know, and there's this wonderful movement called 1M65 movement that our friend Lou's doing. And he has a chat group where people share information with each other. And so I think there's a lot more resources where you can find out more, all the hacks and tax hacks and, you know, shields and, you know, finessing the system to improve your outcomes. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think 1M65 went a little too far when they go for 4M, 6, 5. <laughs> Dude, I'm going to do... That's like 6 and 8M's or whatever. Like you should have... Have you had Lou on the... Channel? Nah, I'm no, not, I'm not. No, no, I'm but not. you should because Lou is actually interesting because that 1M65 began with a target of 1 million for him and his wife. People don't realize it's actually for a couple, married couple, maximizing their thing. He's actually going to hit one, 1 million and he's only my age, 49. Hmm. He's hitting 1 million I already. I 39. No, no. Is that <laughs> I look 39, yeah, Reggie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but he's, at this pace, he's going to hit 4 million or 5 million by the time he gets to 65. And the reason is because of this effect of compounding, right? Mm. Compounding, for those that are less familiar, is if you have $100, you get 10% return, that's $10, right? But the next year, you have $110. So with the same 10%, you're getting $11 back. And that keeps adding to your returns so that within like seven years, you've doubled your money. But within eight years, you're actually getting twice the return, 20% return on the original $100. 
So, and it keeps going that within 30 years, you're actually like 10x the mm. amount. So it keeps like growing exponentially. So that's compounding because you're adding onto the returns that you've already generated historically, as long as you don't take the money out. And that's CPF, right? Mm. You're not taking mm. your money out. Let it compound. And that money is for the long term. And that's going to have a tremendous effect, you know, when you hit late 40s into 50s and 60s. Nice. But I saw your face, like you were agonizing over that mm. whole like 1M65 thing. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Because, because I think 1M65, their main idea is to put OA to SA. Mm. And that's it. That's why a simple, easy strategy, mm-hmm. you know, people can subscribe to that. Very mm. simple. So from 2.5, you max out to become 4. Mm. Right and and that's it. But you guys are not paddling that idea. You're not pushing that. No, no. Idea. Actually, the one M sixty five has two two main things. One is maximizing your SA return um, with the four percent, right? So you shift it over and get more than the two point five percent. But the other piece is you have to invest your away. That is actually critical to achieving the large numbers that you want to get to, mm. because four percent is not going to get you there. So four percent is great. Four percent is risk free. So that's the most amazing one. 4% is not amazing. 4% you can get everywhere. You get like income funds, fixed income funds, equity funds doing much, much better. You know, many of them returning 25% in a year. You know, so it's not the really? 4%. Really? Many of them re- returning 25%? In, in the last 12 months. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, we yeah, got to yeah. be careful. We got to yeah. be careful. Like last depends, year was yeah, crazy. It depends. Yes. But over the long term, markets will give you 7, 10%. Yeah. And that's empirical, historical, delivered performance over yes. decades. And that's better than 4%, right? So it's not the 4% that's amazing. It's 4% risk-free, mm. no volatility. That's the most amazing part. So SA plays an important role of stability, zero volatility, dampening the volatility of your returns. So you have that SA anyway. There's a minimum SA you have to have for your retirement RA, your MA and everything. And so you have that anyway. So your OA, you can take risk in financial markets to generate the higher returns. So what it ends up looking like is your OA looks like your equities portion and your SA ends up being your fixed income portion. So it becomes a balanced portfolio no matter what you do. So your CPF is an amazing balanced portfolio with your SA. And then the final decision you need to make is what is your risk appetite? What is your personal needs? Can I take this risk on the OA or am I going to buy for a house or I need education, whatever it is. So you can just tweak the numbers so that does it become 60-40 or 70-30 or 80-20 or does it become 50-50 or 40-60. So SA is a bigger portion and you have a little bit of equity. So that's the only real asset allocation decision you need to make for your CPF. So what happens is that for a special account, there is a limit to how much you can transfer from OA. Yes, right. So that is um, the existing FR, uh, the prevailing FRS rate, which is uh, in this year is $186,000. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, for many of us uh, Singaporeans, we have so much of our money um, that's contributed to CPF, right? 37% of our gross salary up to $6,000 goes into CPF, mm-hmm. right? So over, over a long period of time, you have, uh, you know, most people would have like half a million uh, a million or whatever um, that is um, in, inside their CPF account. So there's a limit to how much of this uh, OA to SA transfer that you can do, right? Because of all, all of these limits. Because the government, GIC, is not printing money, right? Mm. There's only so much 4% that they can give out. So that's why Lou also have that plan, right? Okay, so maybe you want to, you know, sort of like get that safety net, financial safety net of 4% first, then later on, you know, you should be looking towards investing your CPF OA because you would have uh, accumulated more money in your CPF OA over a longer period of time. Yeah. You talk a little bit about the whole, like, um, Singaporeans have a lot of money in CPF, and I, I think you rightfully point out that it's 37%. Mm-hmm. Right, too many Singaporeans think it's like, oh, we're only contributing seventeen percent. But no, you know, no. your your whole income is actually a lot more in CPF. So, with that idea, we're not trying to critique, you know, whether is this a good policy and whatnot. But with that idea, I think it gives people um, the clarity and understanding that hey, actually, a lot of money is in the CPF. Right? you should spend more effort on it. Mm-hmm. Right, don't just yeah. keep looking at whatever that's remaining in your disposable. And, and all that jazz, right? So, mm-hmm. so I think that it's that is a very good point. You know, that's a, Reggie, that's a good point. But also I think I would add on that you are going to continue to contribute to that. So while the balance right now in your 20s and 30s looks small, it's going to only grow. So you have to be ready with the strategy when you're young. 
because it's such an important piece and it's going to be an even import, more important piece in the future. So it's really worth spending the time and the effort to sort this out, figure it out and develop a plan that works for you and is suitable for you because it's such a big piece in the future. Yeah. Mm. So, so what is the magic number? You know, a lot of people, when <laughs> it's always this question, right? There's always yeah. this question. And I tell people, you know, yeah, never mind, I'll leave you guys to say it, right? So, no, no, so, but Reggie, yeah. uh, what, would, what would you, like if you retire at 60 or 65, mm, right? Mm, mm. How much money on a monthly basis do you think you need to live a comfortable life in retirement? Like thinking that you're going to be living for until like maybe 90, right? Mm. Typically, that's the number. Wow. So that's, that's the one number that I think is the most important number. What is your monthly income that you need to sustain a decent quality of life in your retirement in old age? Once you get that number, then you can work everything else out backward. Mm. Yeah. So, right. so what is your assumption then? Okay, because I think a yeah. lot of people when they plan for retirement... Um, or at least a lot of people in the 30s, which is where most of our listeners mm -hmm. are, mm. when they talk about retirement um, or when they work with a financial planner or what have you about mm. retirement, they're always benchmarking where they are today. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, so we're, we're spending 5000 yeah. a month today and we'll continue to spend more into the future. But in my head, it's like, nah, you cannot have mala every day when you're 80. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's probably going to look a little bit like that. Like yeah. your consumption curve is going to come down, mm -hmm. you know, later in your life. I mean, it's a very personal issue, right? So, you know, for example, my parents could be line dancing um, at a community centre, right? Or my parents could be going to voluntary trips overseas, doing a charitable work overseas, right? So, so the retirement lifestyle is totally different, right? One could be spending $10,000 a month. Mm. One could just be, you know, spending $500 a month doing <laughs> line dance. Yeah, line <laughs> dance at a community centre. It really differs, right? Because some people, they want to have a very drastic change in lifestyle um, at retirement. So I think what Sam talked about, which is to have, a, you know, have an understanding of how much money you want to spend at re uh, retirement, that's uh, the first important number that we need to look at. Right? Then after that, we need to work backwards or to, to calculate how much wealth we need to have. Right? So I think uh, one way of looking at it that a lot of people use is to, the 4% safe withdrawal rule. Right? So for example, you know, if we were to line dance at the community centre, we, uh, we spend $500 a month. Right? And that will, uh, in the end, uh, equate to $6,000 a year. So if you take that $6,000 a year, uh, which is what you withdraw from your wealth uh, every year, right? Uh, divide, so you take, take $6,000, divide by that 4%, you'll get a number, right? And that number will be basically uh, how much you need to accumulate for your wealth. You know, th this is a very uh, big assumption because there's a lot of things built behind that model, mm -hmm. right? So it assumes that, you know, that you have, uh, you're going to, your retirement... Uh, Spend is going to be 30 years. Mm. So we know that you know, now people are always talking about fire, right? I want to finan reach financial fire. independence. You know, I want to retire early. <laughs> I hate my job. I, you know, I want to quit. You know, if you hate your job, change your job. Okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't, don't, do, don't, so, do something meaningful. Yeah. Do something Join Dowers. All the financial coconut. Uh, that's like recruitment plug. That's like recruitment <laughs> plug. Recruitment okay, plug. Yeah, yeah. Saving yourself 5000 for LinkedIn spend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, you know, find a new job, right? But, uh, you know, people want to um, spend more time doing things that they love uh, at an earlier stage of their life, right? So that's, uh, that's one thing, right? So you may be retiring, uh, you know, you may, you may be drawing down on your wealth across 40 years or 50 years. So that's one big uh, change in assumption. And the other change in assumption was that, you know, the Trinity study, the simulations that they are doing is between 1920 to 1990s, right? And at, mm -hmm. during that period of time, fixed income were doing, you know, returning 3 4% a year. Right now, if you look Both. at the... Yeah, even higher. Yeah. Even higher. Yeah. For, for, for people that don't know, mm. the Trinity study is the one that backed the 4% drawdown mm. research. Exactly, okay. exactly. Yes. Yeah. But now, if you look at the fixed income returns, Sam, what's, what was it like? 2-3% at the best? Could be, could be higher, depending on where you invest actually, yeah, within yeah, fixed income. Yeah, it depends so on how you play with this, you know, yeah. fixed income is like way more complex it's than equity. It's such a big market yeah, and yeah. good investors mm -hmm. could generate 3, 4, 5 percent. Yeah, even more maybe, right? If, so, you, so. if you take less risk, then you're going to mm. only end up with like 2 percent or less. Yeah, yeah, government bonds or yeah. corporates, right? So those will be yielding a lot lower. Mm. So, you know, a lot of the assumptions have changed, right? So when you talk about magic number, what, you know, what should you do to get uh, better prepared for retirement, I think we need to look at it from a very local context. Um, mm. And my, my tip or hack would be that, you know, you need to focus on your CPF. Uh, as a baseline, you get an annuity product, 
right? So even you know for for the existing uh, enhanced retirement sum, you're getting around a two thousand dollars per month based if you were to yeah have. yeah. So I think those are mm. strategies, right? Mm. People like. I think strategy, there are a lot of yeah. things that are out there and mm. CPF is great. And I mean, you guys are building a product on CPF and all that jazz, right? Mm. But I do think for a lot of people, the problem is the model, not yep. the solution. Right? Mm. So like, how do I envision yeah. what retirement is going to be like, right? Mm. So do you have some like best practices mm. or like, how do I decide like how much do I really need? Because everybody tells me like, oh, depends on your lifestyle, depends yeah, yeah. on, you know, and, and yeah. all that jazz. So, so I, I get that, right? Mm. But, but how do I model it? Let me add on because I think one important, um, we used the word decumulation earlier, right? Yes. Mm. So that's the period post-retirement when you're drawing down on your savings. The period before that is accumulation, right? most important contribution to accumulation is your income. And so everybody has a different income cycle. So if you're a white collar professional, when you start off in your 20s, then it's the lowest point in your life in terms of your monthly income. But it keeps rising and it rises quite fast. It normally peaks at around your 40s into your late 40s, into your 40s. During your 40s, it peaks, it comes off, but it comes off maybe 20%, 30% by the time you retire. So you, if you keep working, that is. But if you're in the retail business and you're working at a restaurant or you know, in a service industry, you start from your 20s, it goes up, but it peaks much earlier in your 30s. And then it comes down. By the time you retire in your 60s, you're actually earning less than your 20s. So the income cycle, depending on which industry you're in, you know, which service sector you're in, you know, and how good you are, which level you're at, is going to determine what your future income cycle looks like. That's the most important piece because it's income times a percentage that's going to be your savings. And savings is only going to be, look, if you're saving 37% and you're setting aside another 10%, that's less than half of your income. If you're just living off of your savings in the future and the cost of living's doubled, then you're going to have a quarter of your money like you're going to have 25% of your income to live with. So it doesn't make any sense. And that's why you need to invest. That's why CPF has a return. And that return should overcome any kind of cost of living increases. And it should be at a level that is a certain level of percentage of your final income. So at the point of retirement, you know, Shingxi was sharing that, you know, maybe it's about 80% of your income uh, that should be maintained into your future. But these days, actual studies show the level of expenditure remains 100% of your retirement um, really? point. Yeah. So people are actually, after they retire, they have more time. So they start spending more money and travel, buy new golf sets, you know, take, go visit their children when they're not wanted. And so all that <laughs> stuff that they do and go to dance classes and stuff that they wouldn't have done. And therefore, they actually spend more. So mm, the, mm, the, the mm. only cost that goes down in retirement normally is housing and rent, right? And other like, you know, maybe we eat less, but it's not going to make a difference, right? But everything else actually stays relatively high or goes up, in fact, because of your leisure activities. So as a result, I think there is, a, 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 and that's personal. So some people don't need to. They start going to nice restaurants in their 40s and 50s, and then they start going back to the Hoka food centers in your 50s and 60s and retirement. I don't know. But, you know, everybody's different. And they go back to Mala, you know. But, <laughs> you know, everybody's different. But I think the income cycle you need to track, that's your accumulation. How much goes into CPF, how much you save. And then in your decumulation, you need to figure out how much income you really need. And those are the two key determinants because everything else is pretty constant. Inflation rates, you know, level of returns. And the only thing that you can determine and change is where you invest and how much return you generate. And there, the level of risk you take and the level of return is going to be correlated, right? You take less risk, you're going to have less return, you're going to have less money in the future. If you take a little bit more risk, you have higher returns, you're going to have more money in the future and that's it. Yeah. So what I'm hearing yeah. is we don't try to over-model the expenses. We just assume some basic things, you know, which is like, if you're going to retire and you're going to spend $5,000 a month, then we'll assume that it, it, you continue mm. to spend $5,000 yeah. a month, right? Don't try too hard to model that. Yeah, we don't over-engineer it yeah. on behalf of other people. I think okay. that's important. Okay, yeah. and, and the CPF mo uh, calculator that's come out is 
you know, amazing tool, but we give flexibility in there so people can plug in different numbers mm. so that they can play around with what the outcome is. And that mm. flexibility in CPF, but calculating your, you know, future outcome is really important. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I would say be conservative. Like if you think you can live on $3,000, think again. Cost of living is going to be higher. You're going to spend more than you think always. And so, you know, raise it up a little bit more and then work backwards and you'll probably run out of money faster than you think. That's mm. the biggest concern, yeah. Yeah, and, and talking about the calculator. So I played around with the calculator and all that. Yeah. And I see that there are a few major milestones, right, in the calculator. You know, because if it's, if it's a gradual change, I'd be like, okay, it's not, not, not the interesting part, right? Because mm -hmm. there, that, means, that means the solution is playing out. There's mm -hmm. no big differences. But at 55 and 65 mm -hmm. in your model, you know, which is also an extension of the country's policy and CPF, yeah. there are big changes, yeah. right, in, in, that, in that graph that shows, right? So... Uh, could you kind of walk us through a little bit on like how should we envision that part, which is mm, the prevailing yeah. minimum sum and then post of that, all that jazz? Yeah, exactly. So like you rightfully point out um, the 55-year-old, 65-year-old, how that calculator um, plays out is actually based on the, the CPF policies, right? So at 55 years old, what happens to your CPF account is that, you know, the, the CPF would transfer part of your uh, special account to the retirement account, right? And if you have the full retirement sum ready, uh, just from special account, then you know they wouldn't transfer from OA, right? But if you don't have enough in your SA, they will transfer your OA as, as well to form the retirement account, and that will be later on your uh, CPF life premium, right? So what happens is effectively, you know, your CPF withdrawable balance would, would decrease, right? Um, and of course, there's a lot of other things that are happening on at the same point of time, right? Um, you know, your contribution rate from your employers and for yourself, it's uh, lower, right? So you have a bit more money to spend uh, from, um, from your salary, Right, and of course, you also have access to the additional one percent interest uh, on the first thirty thousand uh, dollars from your, you know, government giving up goodies, making sure that we have enough, <laughs> enough money for reti retirement. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, there's a quite quite a few things going on um, over there. You know, we we try to be, no not that not that we try. We model in everything uh, that's very complicated about and and comprehensive about CPF into the model so that it you know gives people the assurance that you know this is a good tool that can use to not uh, to comprehensively project um, where their wealth will be, mm -hmm. right? So that's for the fifty-five year old uh, milestone. The sixty-five year old <coughs> milestone. What happens is that you know you will uh, we will be able to um, get an annuity payout from CPF Life. Right, so uh, we model in uh, you know the CPF life standard plan at FRS, not at the enhanced retirement sum, not at the smaller amount because that's a default option and that's what most Singapore uh, Singaporeans choose to have anyway. CPF uh, they don't project so far ahead with the uh, uh, FRS or the you know the retirement payout because I think they they also understand that you know when you drag the the spreadsheet the Excel models right it becomes there's a lot of assumptions behind it right but we we take that step and we take the risk and say, you know what, we will just make an assumption for you, you know, so that you can at least do some mm. uh, planning around it. Yeah. Right, so we, we do that, um, we make an assumption that FRS would grow by 3%, the payout will increase by 3%. So again, people can understand that, hey, you know, after taking into account inflation uh, you know, and other uh, complicated things, right? So those are the things that, you know, we, we build into the model. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So you want to add something? No, 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 just that it is a pretty comprehensive calculator. So many people have created CPF calculators, but it hasn't been comprehensive enough to give you the full picture. So this is the first one of its kind. And, you know, we, we're all about financial education and improving literacy. It's not, we don't make any money off of it. There's no like model or, you know, that's, and we're not selling through it. It's actually just a, you know, a calculator for people to just use so that they can better understand where they are and where they're headed. But the other thing is importantly, like the 55, 65 are important milestones because of the policies that have been set in place. But I would like suggest, okay, everybody's waiting for 55 to take out all their money. Most of the people who've taken out their money have not done better, is the way I would put it. I think CPF is great because you have these safeguards in place and it's probably the right decision beyond 55, even beyond 65, to keep most of your money in CPF that you've accumulated and do better with it. So you continue to receive those good interest rates on your retirement sum, on your OA even, the 2.5% you can get forever if you keep it in there. Like most people think, oh, 2.5, you know, is only for a while and then it disappears, but you can keep it. 
And not only that, you can even like in the future, if Indaos does well and you know CPF <laughs> does well and everybody does well, then we'll have even better options at lower cost at investing it well too. So what I'm saying is that you know CPF investment scheme it began with like Singtel IPO and you know single stocks and then it opened up to mutual funds which was really expensive and then insurance links product because the insurance guy screwed us and took all our money. But <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's all recorded. That's all controversial. No, no, no. I mean, not not all, but I'm saying a little. They kind of over uh, got oversold, a bit oversold yeah. it, and yeah. and okay. then the other stuff like you know single stocks and you know ETFs and everything. So there's a lot of options, and you can do a lot with it. Mm. And so I, I would suggest that despite all those things, there is a piece which is an investment piece. And you can do much better with it if you just keep it there because the options are only going to improve over time. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Use it as a savings account, right? Yeah. Uh, mm. After 55 or 65, you can yeah. withdraw. You can savings account, investment account, retirement account. You can do all. Yeah. yeah. It, it, I mean, the money, you just basically, it's just a pay now transfer. Yeah. It's it's like a, a bank account, so don't take take out the money. You know, don't go to Batam or whatever. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> fifty five is when it's unlocked. Unlocked, yeah. Mm. It's mm. not fifty five. You take out. Mm. I think that's the equation that needs to change. Like everybody mm. thinks fifty five, I can take out. No, fifty five is when it's unlocked. After that, you can take it out at any time that mm. you want. So keep it in there when you need it. Take it out, but keep it in there. Like just like any savings account, long-term savings account, or any investment account, you don't suddenly like reach sixty-five and take all your money out in retirement. You're gonna have to continue to invest in your retirement. Mm. How you invest in your retirement is actually more important than how you invest like prior to your retirement, because prior to retirement, you're gonna have monthly savings income. You're gonna keep adding to it, and even if markets fall, you're gonna keep dollar cost averaging for the next twenty years in your thirties or forties, right? So in your forties. 65 is 25 years away. Mm. That's a long time to invest, right? And you're going to have income, so you're going to invest monthly throughout that time. So how you invested previously, and this is the whole, do you invest lump sum or is it dollar cost averaging? It doesn't matter in the long term because at 30 or 40, you still have so much in the future that you're going to be investing. And you're going to be investing for so much longer, it actually doesn't make a meaningful difference over time. But lump sum always wins over the long term versus dollar cost averaging because you're getting in earlier in the market and markets tend to do well, right? So that's really important to understand. And so because you have such a long runway, you need to continue to invest well in your retirement because when you retire at 65 and you live to 90, that's another 25 years. That's a I, long time. I don't know. I don't know. Can I live to 90? <laughs> I'm like, what was I going to do? <laughs> the average life expectancy in Singapore is already 84. Yeah. yeah. Right? And it's but, growing at about 2% a year or something like that. But women live longer. It's 80, like mm. 6 or something. That's at birth. Mm. Right? Mm. If you reach 65, if you reach 65, and if you're talking about CPF at 65, you're expecting to live to 65. At 65, the life expectancy extends by more than two years. So you're actually living to 88. Now, now, if you hit 65 this year, but if we get 60 to 65, we'll definitely be beyond 90. We may even be heading to 100, right? So that is only extending. So it's a long time, guys. Seriously, we really need to think this through, prepare for retirement well. And I, and I love that, you know, 20s and 30-year-olds are really thinking about retirement much more. And, you know, these kind of YouGov surveys that we've done, you know, more, you know, education on CPF. All of this is so important because it's going to really determine the future of Singapore, the shape of society in the future. It really is the most critically important. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. 
In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. But all that being said, the CPFIS is still very complicated at this at this point in time. You know, with more options. So is is this is this thing between like, do we want to just centralize everything and just give mm. everybody like this few solutions, or do we want to continue to open up um, options? Right, so CPF IS, you know, the, the investment yeah. scheme is still going down the path of opening more options, and you guys yep. are one of the options. They're not, yep. they're not eliminating the the others, no. the other stuff. No. Right, essentially, that's kind of that's kind of what's happening with the investment scheme, right? Mm. So CPF IS. What are your thoughts then, like in terms of um, putting money with with uh, all these different products, and like what is your solution? Mm. Okay, yeah. so CPF investment scheme was created to allow people flexibility. And so it wasn't a grand design from the beginning. I think it kind of it was evolved. a patchwork. It was a patchwork. Yes. And yes. you know the CPF admits that, and it was great because if you got in at Singtel or Singpost IPO, then it did well for you, right? So it was an opportunity for the average Singaporean to start investing, invest in you know public you know uh, nationalizations and IPOs, and get going. And it's great. But I think that many things have evolved since then. So when it opened up, I think many financial institutions took advantage of it. And instead of being a low cost kind of solution to prepare for retirement, it became, you know, like many things, a, a quick fire solution to get rich quick. Mm. And so I think when you're investing with that mindset, you're always going to fail. And so... so I'm going to share about the insane charges that were charged previously. Oh, yeah, so we, look, we looked at this. We, when we came into um, CPF, we really looked at the system and how we can improve the investment scheme. There were many things that we could improve on. First of all, the experience. Like creating an account just took two weeks or more, like forever. You had to go to a physical bank and all those things. So we had to move to the digital age and make this, this whole shift from offline to online. So now at Endowas, which is the first and only digital advisor for CPF, you can get on board and open an account and get going within minutes, right? So that's a massive sea change. So the experience and you know the, the the barrier to start investing has been lowered. The second thing is that you know the cost of investing, man, it was as high as like six to eight percent is what I remember, what I what we calculated. Now it's down and the CPF has done a great job in like lowering the sales charge, upfront sales charge, and the annual charges on the funds because they were charging higher than what they were selling in a bank or a broker. So CPF was, you know, did the right thing, which is lower the cap, continue to lower the cap. And now I think it's much more reasonable. It's still high, but it's at least reasonable, right? He started with 3% sales charges. 3% sales charges. Yeah. Like mm. the cap was 2.5% on the fund every year, which is, that's 5.5% right there. And then they, if you package it into an insurance link product, they, charge, they used to charge like 10%, 8 to 10% upfront. So, you know, it was just ridiculous because if you're starting with a minus 10%, you know, to dig yourself out of that hole is really tough. And that's why insurance link products, especially through C sold through CPF over 10 years during the, you know, the biggest bull market is generated like 1% or something like really <laughs> stupid. And so I just, I just really pains me whenever I see that because they were kind of duped into buying it because they said, oh, we have great insurance coverage and you get returns. Oh, Sorry. <laughs> no, I, I hate it. Really, I do. I mean, you might not be able to say it, but I can say it. It's, I really hate it because you get neither, right? Yeah. You don't get the coverage. Singaporeans buy the most insurance in like the world per capita, mm. like, definitely in Asia for sure. And they're undercovered in insurance. How is that possible? <laughs> How is that possible? Yeah, 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 you know? Yeah. And they get crappy returns, which is like, yeah. yeah, anyway. So all these things needed to be changed. And so... Access to better products, you know, don't punt on like st stupid, like, you know, stocks, like short-term speculation. High flux, for example. <sighs> okay, let's no, go. No, 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 a whole no, different no. discussion. Whole different discussion. Perpetual bonds are not, all, not the same as yeah. you know, other investment-grade bonds. And but even equities, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. equities. Yeah. You could have bought equities, high yeah, flux as well. High flux, yeah, uh, but anyway, yeah. so that's a whole different discussion. But, you know, exposing yourself to risk that is unnecessary and then buying products that are unsuitable and then exposing yourself to costs that like, is never, you're never going to get out of. And those are the reasons why the 2.5%, those guys underperform. If you do it right, like if you have a globally diversified portfolio that balances risk and returns, if you approach it with a low-cost solution, below 1%, all in, 
right? I don't know who does that, but there's guys who can do 1% less. I thought you guys are doing that. Oh, do we? Yeah. No, we, yeah, yeah. we do, yeah. Okay. Are we the only ones? I think no. so, yeah. Yes, you are the only yes. ones. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But, you know, you can lower it from 5% to 1%, guys, come on, mm -hmm. that's, you know, <laughs> and we'll keep lowering it because it's possible. It's yeah. possible to lower it and generate good returns for customers and still, still do well as a business because being digital makes it possible to do a low-cost solution for a much bigger audience. And so that's the key and that's what CPF is really excited about and that's what CPF actually wants to do. Now, CPF can do this themselves, but it's difficult, right? Because there's political issues, there's, you know, systemic issues, there's regulatory issues. So, you know, CPF can't give advice, right? That's not why it was set up. It was to manage the pool of assets well. And so it's up to the private sector to do well. And it's unfortunate that no one had done it before. Because if we had started 10 years ago or 20 years ago, we would have had a fantastic run of returns for CPF members. And that would have set them up for success in the future that return would have set them up so that they can take less risk in the future. So all of these are all valid, um, but you really need to like, you know, think about what CPF investment scheme is and how important it is to achieve that long-term outcome and fit that into your CPF strategy. So I, I get the, the whole part yeah. about solving the experience because it's, it really suck, you know, um, waiting for time to set up the account and, yeah. and all that jazz. And I also get the part about low cost, mm -hmm. you know, um, because, Essentially, low, you know, dude, come on. It's like, an easy win, right? Easy, easy it's win, easy right? Win. Just bring down the cost. You, you, you have a bigger you know, profit return, yeah. right? So, but what is the composites if mm. I invest with you, right? Yeah, so, yeah. Because, because it's very different yeah. if I'm just building a portfolio yeah. absent of SA. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like no, none of that 4% risk-free. Yeah. And that's a very different way to build a portfolio. But if I'm investing CPF money with you guys, mm. you know, how is that, how are you guys going to build my portfolio, knowing yeah, that a yeah. portion of the money will be with SA. That's right. Yeah. So we actually actively say, don't invest your SA. Because if you want to beat 4%, the only way to do it is to have a high equity exposure, right? With a 100% equity fund, which is not allowed by the mm. CPF. So therefore, the options are limited. OA options are better, still limited versus like cash investing, right? There's only like a, less than 100 funds available uh, within CPF. Only 35% can be allocated to stocks, et cetera. So there's limitations within CPFIS. So it's really important to understand what's available, how to build a great portfolio that works for you in the long term. So we had to work with our, uh, the CPF board and our partner fund management companies uh, to bring in products that were previously not available. For example, passive index funds. Really sad, but it wasn't available when we launched our service. Really? Yeah, there's none available, no passive index funds. So we worked with Vanguard, which is the largest in the world in doing passive index investing, and Lion Global, a local partner, to convert them into a sing dollar denominated local passive index fund for, for example, the S&P 500 or the Global Equity Index. And we brought that into CPF. But what Indawas does uniquely is we give 100% trailer fee rebates, right? So all of these funds that, sold in, that are sold in Singapore has a portion of their fees that you, the customer, pays. And that is given to the distributor. So even guys like, obviously, DBS and private banks and everybody gets paid this for distributing funds. But even guys like IFAS Fund Supermart or Dollardex or Poems, the guys who are supposed to be low cost and no sales charge, is actually taking a huge commission for selling a single fund. And that's why retail funds are so expensive. So we remove that by accessing institutional funds, or we you know, give 100% trailer fee rebates, which is giving back that portion, and that's significant. But because we're the only ones that do that, uh, the passive index funds that should be available to everybody, and we brought it into CPS so that everybody can invest, is only, unfortunately, exclusively available on the Endowers platform. Not because we wanted it, but because we're the only ones rebating the trailer fees, mm -hmm. which is... Which is, yeah, I mean, it's good for us as a business. So, okay, we're okay with it. We're happy as a business. But as an individual who's trying to, like, make really meaningful changes in the industry and the CPF system so people can actually succeed, from that, you know, angle, it's actually really sad and disappointing that other guys are not making this available because they cannot make money off of it, even though custom is the best product for the customer. So we build a portfolio based on these two passive index funds, 
and other funds are available, we try to build a globally diversified portfolio so it matches a passive long-term you know, index strategy that's uh, very closely tracking the benchmark. We don't make any tactical choices. So, oh, China's struggling, we should sell down China, you know, or, oh, we should buy gold, or you know, all this stuff that some robos do. We basically are a tactic, uh, sorry, not tactical, but strategic passive asset allocators. So we make it globally passive, globally diversified in terms of geography, globally diversified in terms of sector. So you get exposed to the broad market so that you can generate the long-term returns that broad market indices will return for you without taking exceptional risk. Yeah. I think, Reggie, just now you were asking, like, you know, the CPFIS is opening up. But if you look at, you know, the past two years since we have launched, there isn't any real uh, competitors or alternative mm. to endowers, right? And that's, yeah, that's the state that we are at, right? And, mm. and you know, it really just shows how groundbreaking our work is, actually, mm. right? Because, you know, this is not terribly... Uh, I it's was, not rocket science, Yeah, it's right? not rocket science. It's very intuitive, right? We're just... We've made the effort to actually make the effort, right? Yeah, <laughs> to, exactly. To solve the exactly. problems. I know, yeah. I know, I know. CPF? 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 <laughs> like your CPF. advertisement, I was like, that guy, uh, egg blur, huh? <laughs> 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 Whoever that guy is, shout out to you for appearing on the ad. You know, but, but anyway, I, I just want to put it out there to the listeners that we did approach you guys to, mm. to sponsor the series. Mm. Right, so it's not the other way around. Mm. Right? It's, mm. it's not like you guys come to us and you have a product that you want to funnel, right? So I think this is very important because why? I didn't want to talk about CPF for a very long time because mm. it's very political, it's too complex, yeah. and whatever position you take, you get all sorts of like angled and whatnot. But I think our platform has grown to a point where we need to talk about social policies, yeah. where we need to talk about it. And then I went to do the study and the research, and I was like, oh, you guys are the only one. Yeah. <laughs> like, Unfortunately, we, yeah. it's not like we want to be the only ones. Like, we hope that other guys, like guys will join us. Yeah. But the other thing is like, you know, whether you like Lou and 1M65 or not, he, he has this great line when he does his talks. He says, you don't have to like the government. You know, mm. if the government wants to give you money, would you take it or not? You, you take it, right? Mm, so mm. the CPF system is not about like politics. It's not about whether you like the PAP or not. It's not about whether the CPF is good or not. It's, it's not about anything like that. It's about what can you do with what you have? And everybody has CPF. And so for your sake, can you do more with CPF? And that's what this is about. So we are sponsoring it because we spend money on financial education and literacy. Not because we're selling our product, but because we are selling our product a little bit. But it's more... I'm being, I'm being yeah, honest yeah. and transparent. We're all about transparency. So we are, yeah, we are selling our product, but because it's good yeah, and we have confidence in what we do. But most importantly, we want more people to know the options. And you don't have to go with us, you can go with other options, but we just think that people can do so much more with CPF. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure, for sure. And then that's why I, I wanted to say that we reached out. Yeah, right, because, thank you, Richie. Because we were like, uh, what are sort of solutions out there, right? So, because it's just very simple stuff based on like low cost, broadly diversified, you know, da da da. And I was like, oh, there's only one, <laughs> one provider at this point in time. Yeah. Was going forward, I think everybody hoped that there'll be more providers and different different stuff, right? So, yeah. Yeah. okay, but but just to clarify, broadly diversified, yeah. it's um, mostly in the U.S., right? It's just U.S. equity, broadly diversified S and P five hundred mm. index. You know, you're trying to copy that that part. Uh, we have everything. So we have developed markets, we have emerging markets, we have US, but all the other markets. Mm. So when we say broadly diversified, benchmark agnostic is, is the official word, benchmark um, tracking, sorry, not agnostic, benchmark tracking, we mean that we're tracking the most commonly used broad market index, which is the MSCI All Country World yes. Index. Mm. And we have a similar like setup as that index in terms of the geographic setup and the sectoral sector. So the U.S. is the biggest market in the world, whether whichever index you use. So we track it from that perspective. So it's not like we're making an active bet that we want to be over with U.S. Mm -hmm. It's just that the global stock market has a lot of U.S. And that's because U.S. has great companies that, you know, using stuff like Apple iPhones and we're watching Netflix and, you know, it's all yeah, Amazon, you know. So basically they whole have... whole setup is from the US. <laughs> from the US. <laughs> so, you know, we are exposing, like, and Singaporeans use US products and companies and that's where we're exposing ourselves mm. to, right? The best companies in the world. I just want you to kind of put it out there of like, what are some of the interesting features that are coming out? Like, oh, what, yeah. what are your plans? Yeah. What's the future, right? A so lot. do your sell. Yeah, this is a moment. <laughs> 
As I said, we're not here to sell, but since you gave us the opportunity, <laughs> I'll take the opportunity. Yeah, yeah, do it, do it. No, no, no. I mean, Indaos is not just the robo-advisor is the first thing I would say. Like, there's a lot of robos out there and we get compared to it. But what we want to be is a total wealth platform where you can manage all of your money. And that's why CPF is such an important component because it's such a big piece of Singaporean assets, right? And so being the first and only to do CPF, we can actually do CPF cash savings and SRS. All of your money that's available here in Singapore. And don't get us wrong, CPF is important, but it's not like all of our business. So people think that Indaos only does CPF, but it's not. Actually our cash savings and our you know, investment part, cash is actually much bigger than CPF, which is bigger than SRS. So that's kind of the thing. So what we have coming is we launched the CPF calculator. Uh, we've just, you know, excitingly lowered the cost for buying a single fund on the Endows platform. So we got some, you know, concerns and questions about, you know, why am I buying a single fund on the Endows FundSmart platform and paying an access fee for it? Great, cool stuff. Thank you. Thanks, Reggie. <laughs> Great to Thank be you. Here, awesome. Man. Good Thank stuff. You. Good stuff. Oh, yeah. wow. Hey, I hope you learned something useful today and truly appreciate that you took time off to better your life with Financial Coconut. Knowledge is not much more powerful, interesting when shared, debated and discussed. Join our community telegram group, sign up for our weekly newsletter, follow us on our socials, everything is in the description below. And if you love the podcast and want to help us grow, definitely share the podcast with your friends and on your socials. Specifically for YouTube, you are like, share, subscribe, turn on the notification button. <laughs> and with that, have a great day ahead. Stay tuned next week and always remember, personal finance can be chill, clear and sustainable for all. Okay, so um, since Sam has already answered these questions before in yeah. the last interview, I'm just going to ask you mm. some questions that we ask every single guest mm. that comes on the show. Right. So the first thing is, what is a core life principle? that you hold closely to? Hmm. I think for me, the, the thing that I, I model my life around, right? the, the saying that I, the quote or the saying that I model my life around is like, you know, you either be the disruptor or you, you get disrupted, right? So I think, um, you know, for many of, um, for, for us, of us, right? When we are brought up in a family, which, you know, the, the golden generation of Singaporeans, right? They, you know, they have a very sta stable income. Uh, you know, the, the whole spew around like buying a property, uh, you know, growing your, your investment through property and retiring through, uh, you know, rental income. I think that is something that is, um, you know, going to be challenged, right? Um, how, you know, we assume our salary is going to safely increase across the, um, across the years is going to be challenged. So to me, I feel that we need to, I always try to make sure that I, I'm uh, learning something new. You know, I am um, also understanding what um, other countries, what other people are doing so that I, I have that sense of like um, knowing, uh, learning something, right? So um, getting disrupted, you know, joining a startup is, is something very exciting for me. And, you know, previously I was doing uh, real estate private equity. Now I'm doing content marketing mm. like with you. Yeah, so mm. it's, it's very interesting. Yeah. Nice. Good stuff, right? So... I think there are a lot of advice out there in personal finance, mm. right? So what is one that you feel needs to be further propagated, right? All the low cost, all those, a lot of people say, yeah, right? exactly, right? so exactly. what is something that you think should be further propagated? I think personal finance should be very personal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's a tell no, more, it's a, yeah, yeah, it's a no shit Sherlock, yes, you know, yes, kind yes, of yes, comment, yes, 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 yes. right? But um, I, I feel that, you know, when we read content out there, um, what happens is that uh, it's actually shared with... Uh, from someone's perspective, right? Um, and if you were to look at the financial blogging space, 99% of them are huge savers, right? 90% uh, of them, I would say, are fairly well paid, right? And, you know, and, and because of that, the kind of recommendations or the kind of uh, strategies they put out there is very uh, skewed towards a, a very specific group of um, the population, right? So I think, you know, when we look at uh, how people... You know, the, all the different CPF hack, OE to SA transfers, you know, don't use, don't use CPF for your housing, you know, never touch your CPF. Those kind of comments are really, uh, or strategies are really shred from an angle of, uh, you know, someone who is a bit more privileged in, in terms of their personal finances, right? So I think, you know, before we, 
you know, uh, read any content, we have to be very self-aware, right? So we need to know where we stand in terms of our finances. And then, you know, when we read some of these um, more skilled perspectives, you know, we will be very aware that, you know, maybe this is just, uh, you know, one side of the story, right? Should I go and uh, look out for other perspectives? Should I look out something that's more relevant for, for me and where I am in, in, in the stage of my life, right? So keep personal finance personal, right? So, you know, rather than just consuming content out there, also be uh, very uh, careful about keeping stock of where you are uh, in terms of your finances. Nice. So which part of your life are you giving additional focus on now? Family, definitely, right? So there's nothing stronger than family. Um, but you got a lot of taglines. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. A famous man called Vin Diesel said that. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, you know, during COVID, we realized that, you know, there's, you know, family ties, um, family support is so, so important, right? We are going through very hard times, uh, you know, especially for uh, many of us working out there, um, you know, we realize that work, work gets tougher. You know, we don't have as much social interaction. Uh, you know, we don't get to travel uh, and, and uh, have some time off. So um, being able to uh, chill out with family, um, get their emotional support, uh, even though uh, work is really tough, uh, I think that's really important. Yeah. Okay, cool. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, Coconuts, thanks for listening all the way to the end. And we do have a disclaimer from Endow Us. So here I go on disclaimer. (laughs) This recording is for information only and does not constitute investment advice or any recommendation. It was prepared without regard to specific objectives, financial situations, or need of any particular person who may receive it. Any analysis contained in the video has been procured by Endow Us Private Limited for its own purposes and may be acted upon in that connection. And as such, is provided to you incidentally. Any views expressed are the views of the person in the presentation and does not constitute financial advice. The underlying assumptions and these views are subject to change and Dawas accepts no liability whatsoever from any direct or indirect inconsequential loss from the use of any information, opinion or estimate contained within the video. The value of investments and the income from them can go down and up as well and you may not get the full amount you invested. Past performance is not an indicator nor a guarantee of future performance. Any prediction, projection or forecast on the economy, stock market, bond market or economic trends of the markets are not necessarily indicative of the future or very likely performance.